Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. Is keys. As soon as your girls show up, you turn off the lights and you lock up. And I don't want to come back here and find this place trashed. Wow, seriously? I could trust you guys. To understand what it meant to us to get the keys to McLaren's, I have to take you back a few years. To the night that I uttered five little words that every man at some point in his life will say. We should buy a bar. Of course we should buy a bar! We should totally buy a bar. Totally buy a bar. bar would be awesome. And dude, dude, Dude. Dude. The name of our bar. The DNVR bar. That's right, guys. We have a bar now. DNVR. We're going to have a new physical home. Just so cool. Uh, if you guys missed it, we announced this yesterday. There's going to be a new home for DNVR. It's located at the corner of Colfax and York. Used to be called the Colfax Sports and Brew. Before that, the Three Lions Soccer Pub. Really, really dope spot. Just kind of like in the heart of downtown Denver, right by East High School. I mean, this is an area that I spent a lot of time in as a as a child. Uh, my mom grew up down there. My mom, all my aunts and uncles went to East High School. So, you know, to work somewhere that's like just so rooted in what I view as basically, you know, the heart of the city is, is really, really cool. And it's really special it's going to be so cool to have HQ there. The watch parties are going to be amazing. You know, it's, uh, I saw some CSU fans that were like, ah, well, it's like in Denver. I get that, but guess what? We're going to have all the CSU games on. So if you're in the Mile High City, if you're in the metro area and you're looking for a spot to watch CSU, all of the Rams games, whenever they are on TV, no matter the sport, it is going to be on at DNVR. I'm I'm so excited for this. The grand opening is Friday. I hope you guys can make it. But even if you can't make it Friday or, or this weekend to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, just make sure that you are, are here this summer. I mean, the Rockies, it's, it's just going to be such a dope spot. I mean, there aren't like a ton of phenomenal sports bars in Denver, if we're being you know, completely honest. The Blake Street Tavern is super dope. Definitely the number one sports bar by far. Hopefully, you know, we give them a run for their money, but I just think that it's kind of been like lacking, especially in that area. So I'm super pumped for it. I think you should be super pumped for it. There's going to be perks for members. So, you know, if you're on the fence, like this is just yet another reason to become a subscriber. 60 bucks for the year, you get access to all our premium content. You're going to get a free shirt. And now you're also going to get, you know, perks at the physical location. So it's just really cool, you know. And when I was out in Las Vegas, it was a lot of fun for me because I had a chance to interact with all the different CSU fans. And, and I've been able to do that on trips in the past as well. But now that we actually have this physical space where, you know, we can arrange to meet up, I just think it's going to be really cool, you know, hoping to work something out with the alumni association to get some, you know, official type watch parties going down in Denver. You know, there's, there's more CSU alumni in the Denver area than any other local university. So 
I, I don't see why we can't fill that place with Rams fans on game day, especially for road games. You're not going to make it out to Nashville. You're not going to make it to Vanderbilt if you're not going to make it you know, to Oregon State or even if you don't have a ticket for the Rocky Mountain Showdown. It's going to be a tough ticket to come by this fall. It's going to be really expensive and it's just going to be limited. I mean, you have half as many seats as you have at Sports Authority or Empower Field or whatever the hell it's called now. It's always going to be mile high to me. I don't really care who the sponsor is. But you guys get the point. I mean, there's there's just less seats available. So it's obviously, it's going to drive the price of the ticket up. If you're not able to make it all the way up to Fort Collins, you don't want to deal with the traffic. You don't want to deal with the whatever, you know, the price. Just head over to DNVR. Watch it there. There's going to be plenty of people. There might be some bus fans there too. Who knows? I'm really intrigued by it though. And I'm just super, super excited. Make sure that you check it out at some point. I promise you, you're going to have just a ton of fun. Alrighty, we are going to talk a little bit of football here at the beginning. CSU football is going to host their pro day on Wednesday morning. Kind of an odd year. There's really not going to be a ton of guys from this past season that I think are going to have, you know, a great shot to make NFL rosters. There's always going to be a few that, you know, you don't expect that I don't actually have a list of the people that will be participating as of yet. I'm sure we will get something, you know, on in the morning. As of right now, my guess would be just looking at, you know, the people that I would imagine would be working out would be like Jalen Bates. Bates, you know, defensive lineman, obviously transferred over from Arizona State, six foot four, two hundred and forty-six pound defensive end, has been moved around inside and outside. Uh, ultimately, I don't think he had quite the season that, you know, he was hoping for, at least when he came here. I think everybody was kind of expecting him to be this you know, really stout, just guy that came in and, and made a big impact. And that kind of really wasn't the case. He kind of faded off pretty quickly. But, you know, that said, he still definitely has the frame. And I'm sure that because of that, he's going to, you know, at least get a few looks. Jamal Hicks would probably be the guy that gets the most looks, would be my guess. Six foot one, 200 pounds safety. Uh, really a thumper. Jamal had an up and down career at, at CSU for sure. There were some frustrating moments in pass coverage, especially where he kind of got torched, but no doubt was a great teammate, great locker room guy, a pretty good tackler. I think he'll probably at least get some looks in camp. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure if he'll be on an NFL roster or not, but he's at least going to be in the conversation. Those would be the two that I would say have the best chance to make an NFL team. You know, cornerback Andre Neal came in He'll have a shot as well, I guess, six foot, 187 pounds. Had a couple picks this year, was pretty decent in man-on-man coverage. Probably one of CSU's better corners when it was all said and done. Uh, Maybe Anthony Hawkins as well, 5'10", 192 pounds. He's a special teams guy, really speedy. And because of that, I could definitely see him, you know, maybe sneaking his way onto a roster or something like that, just because he's so versatile and, and you can line him up also had a little bit of experience as a receiver. Maybe you could turn him into a, a pass catcher or a punt returner, kick returner, something like that. You you just never know. Other than that, I, I don't really see anyone on this team going pro. Jamori Fox, like he's a big guy. Maybe, maybe he'll get some looks. Maybe Damian Dickens gets some looks as, as well. But like I said, ultimately this is just kind of a, a down year for the front range as well. I mean, when you look at CU, CSU, Air Force. I know the Buffs are going to send LaVisca Chenault to the pros this year, but even when you look at him, I mean, 
his draft stock has has kind of tanked a little bit over the last couple of months. Might actually work out well for the Broncos if we're being completely honest. I would I would love to see Chanel in a Broncos uniform. I know a lot of CSU fans maybe aren't rooting for LaVisca, just given that he's a buff. I get it. You know, Ram Pride, all of that. But there's just standing next to that dude in person, like down on the sideline in warm-ups before the last couple of Rocky Mountain showdowns. My God, is he a freak, guys. My God. I mean, just just nothing but muscle. And the way he moves, man, I don't know. He's he's going to make an NFL team very happy. That's all I'm going to say. But for the most part, it's just a down year for CSU, CU, and Air Force. When I look at CSU and CU, I think part of that probably has to do with, you know, just the the stability or the lack of stability over the last couple of years. It, it really makes it hard. And then some of it also has to do with CSU. You sent a lot of guys over the last couple of years. It's it's going to be kind of cyclical. There's just going to be some years where you don't have quite as many. If Warren Jackson would have decided to go pro, obviously he would have been the focus of attention and basically the pro day would have been for him. But he he decided to come back for his senior year, which is obviously really good for Ram fans. Talked about how he wanted to set his mark. Talked about how he felt like he wasn't done yet, wanted to play a full season, wanted to contend for a Mountain West championship. All of those things that CSU fans were hoping to hear. So it's one of those where it's like, yeah, it, it kind of stinks that CSU probably isn't going to have anyone get drafted this year. They might have somebody, you know, sign down the line. I, I, like I said, I think some of these guys are going to get looks, especially in mini camp in May. How many of them will actually be on rosters come like training camp in July and August, probably more like two or three, but you never know. You just, you never know. There are always guys that end up surprising you. It's just how it works. The guy I always think of is Caleb Haney. And I I know I was young when Haney was at CSU and he probably had some of the tools like a big arm or whatever, but I just, I remember watching Haney at CSU and and the fact that that dude somehow carved out a, a pretty respectable NFL career. I mean, he played in the playoffs when Jake Huller was too big of a crybaby to go back into the game. Maybe that's mean of me to say. Maybe Jay was really injured, uh, but it, it definitely was a bad look that day when they let Haney go back in. Again, uh, getting back on track, he really got sidetracked there. It's just going to be a down year. You know, there aren't a ton of pro prospects this year. It is what it is. I wouldn't say that it's the end of the world or anything like that, but it's something to to keep an eye on. You know, if you go two, three straight years of something like this, that would obviously be concerning, especially after the reputation you've established over the last couple of years. Sending guys to the pros is really one of the strongest selling points for CSU as a as a football program over the last half decade. I mean, they haven't won any conference championships. They haven't won any bowl games. That's kind of been the selling point. You know, wide receiver you and, and the chance to get to the NFL. There have been a couple of other guys that have paved out you know, NFL careers as well, not just at the wide receiver position, but that's basically been the selling point. You know, we see, we CSU from their perspective, are they, are the school that can send guys to the league? If you are a fringe P5 guy, why don't you come here, earn that playing time and you'll get recognized. I was, I was talking to Ola BC Johnson at the, uh, the, the Flamingo last week in, in Las Vegas. And we were just kind of talking about Gary Kubiak and I was like, kind of worked out well that Gary was there, you know, with his CSU ties and, and BC was just like, you know, Gary's my guy. He is legitimately the reason that I'm in Minnesota right now. And I thought that was kind of cool. So always a chance to get to the league from CSU, not really looking like there's going to be a ton of guys this year, but you know, it is what it is. Let's move on 
tough day for a couple of Mountain West basketball coaches yesterday. University of Wyoming decided to move on from Allen Edwards. University, or not the University of Air Force, the Air Force Academy decided to move on from Dave Palopovich. That was apparently one of the things that was kind of being rumored around the Mountain West media room back in Vegas was that Air Force was was considering making a move. I think kind of everybody went into the tournament thinking that Wyoming would make a move and then you know, they ended up winning two games and everyone was like, well, is that going to be enough to to save Edwards' job? In the end, it wasn't. I don't think it's shocking, as as exciting as it was for Wyoming to get that win over CSU and then to upset Nevada. And it, it, it definitely was a good moment for the Pokes. It just, it doesn't really offset the fact that they've just been a really, really bad program over the last two years. And when you look at those empty seats, it's it's hard to justify so when I look at that Wyoming situation, it's it's just a lot less surprising. Air Force, I understand that Plopovich has, you know, he hasn't really done a ton there. He's been fairly consistent, but I just have always argued that I felt like he's one of the more underrated coaches in the league. I felt like he did a pretty good job of of getting a competitive team with kind of a lot of recruiting hurdles. I mean, that's not an easy place to recruit. I actually think to some extent it's probably easier for Air Force football to recruit than it is for Air Force basketball. I mean, you're just looking for such a very specific type of of young man and athlete and it's it's tough, you know. It's there really haven't been anybody other than Jeff Bazdelic that has been able to have any sort of consistent success there and then he obviously dipped as uh, immediately. So that I just think it's a it's a tough situation and I wonder if Air Force is you know, two or three years from now going to be thinking back, like maybe the grass wasn't greener on, on the other side. You never know. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about this some more, but before I do, I want to recognize Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Let me tell you, I had a lot of Coors Lights, Bud Lights, all that when I was out in Las Vegas, people were buying me drinks. It was awesome. But the entire time I was just thinking, man, I wish I had an ice cold glass of Avalanche Ale. I was really tempted to hop on the Breck Beer Locator, try and find a liquor store near me. I was feeling a little bit too lazy. Should have done it. Now that I'm back home, though, I just know that whenever I want my favorite beer, I don't even have to. I don't even have to drive around and look for it. I can just hop on my phone, find it, grab it, get my buzz on. It is the best. Love those guys at Breckenridge. Shout out to them. You know, moving forward, if I'm Air Force, honestly, like, I don't even know who to throw out there in terms of names of guys that Air Force, like, could even look at. I guess some of the same candidates Wyoming would be considering in a sense that it's the front range. But when you consider all of the recruiting hurdles and everything else, I just think it takes a a very specific kind of coach. And because of that, maybe they already have one in mind. I mean, it's kind of a shady situation, but whenever... Whenever universities are considering making major moves like this from a from a head coach, generally they at least have somebody that they believe would be interested in the job that they've had an informal conversation with, maybe even flat out offered the gig to. But we'll just have to see what happens down in Air Force. With Wyoming, if I'm them, Tim Miles would be my number one target. One, just because it's a huge PR move. He's a big name, has the Big Ten experience has his podcast, does the media tour, all that. He would just bring a little bit of life into the program, not to mention I'm sure that the Pokes fans would love the fact that it would annoy the hell out of CSU fans. I don't know if Tim Miles would be interested in the job. I've kind of been told conflicting things at this point from 
from people that know him. I've had, you know, people that have said they talked to him recently and he would not be interested in the job. I've had other people who said they talked to him a couple of weeks back. And and at that point, Wyoming apparently had not contacted him, but it, it didn't sound like he was completely opposed to the situation, just given that this is a guy who loves to coach basketball. He just wants to get back into the game. Mountain West would be a good situation because he has a ton of friends in this league right now. And Neil, he's he's good friends with Neil. He's good friends with Medved, obviously Craig Smith, all of these guys. So it, it would just be a good spot for him. Ultimately, if he was coming back to the Mountain West, my guess would be that his number his number one spot would be New Mexico or San Diego State, I guess, if that opened, but it's not going to a Dutcher or CSU, just given that he loves it here. The fans love him here. It would be a homecoming, but that's obviously not going to happen, at least, you know, unless something were crazy were to happen. So if you're Wyoming, if, if Miles isn't interested, who do you go after? I don't know how you don't go after Jeff Linder of Northern Colorado. I actually had a couple of Pokes fans. This I tweeted this, and I had a couple of Pokes fans be like, that would be such a boring hire. I just, I don't understand that at all. Linder has recruited talent superior to Northern Colorado than what Wyoming has done over the last couple of years. If Northern Colorado played Wyoming, I would be very confident in betting on Northern Colorado. It's a good program. They're probably going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm going to be pretty surprised if they don't end up winning the Big Sky tournament. It's a great, he's done just an amazing job, especially considering he had to do it all in the wake of, of all of the recruiting scandals and the NCAA violations that they committed. So if if I'm Wyoming, I would be stoked about Linder. Hell, I think Linder would have been a good candidate for CSU to consider back when they even hired Medved. So I think he's a great coach. I think Wyoming could do a lot worse than him. And if I'm a Northern Colorado fan, I would be a little bit nervous right now because I do think somebody is going to come calling. If it's not this year, probably next year, because He's a guy that's that's doing it the right way. You know, speaking of coaches that could potentially be on the move, I think everyone should keep a close eye on Craig Smith at Utah State. Guy is doing a lot and, you know, he's only making about $700,000 a year. I don't know. If I'm a power program, that's a that's a guy that I could go double his salary pretty easily and get a damn good coach. So keep your eye on Craig Smith. I don't have I don't have any inside information or anything like that. I don't know if he's even, you know, interested in leaving. At the end of the day, most of these guys, like, unless it's their absolute dream job and there are a few coaches that are actually in their dream spot, you know, if, if you offer them enough money, they're they're usually willing to move. So keep your eye on Craig Smith. That's all I'm saying. He's a great coach, not making a ton. I don't think Utah State really has the budget to offer him a serious raise if somebody comes calling. I mean, he's already making, like, close to 250 k more than Tim DeRea used to make there. So, you know, what's their ceiling? Probably, I mean, maybe they could bring him up to like a million a year, but even that would be, you know, significantly more than they're paying him now. And I just, I don't know if they're willing to do that. We'll see. Sometimes schools will make panic moves just to try and hold on to someone, but just an interesting situation. That's all I'm saying. Uh, tonight is going to be the Bachelor finale. I'm not really going to talk about it yet because... I'm just going to do like one segment later in the week, actually hopefully going to get Tara, our DNVR intern on to talk about it with her. But I will say this before we, before we wrap things up here, Pete's family makes me so uncomfortable guys. They're just so like up in his business and I get that they're a close family and 
maybe I'm just like super closed off and like need to self-disclose more or something. But I don't know. It just it really felt like people were overstepping their boundaries. His brother was like, if if you don't watch the show, one of the one of the there's there's two girls left. One of them is saving herself for marriage, and she wanted Pete to not sleep with any of the of the other contestants. He did. It caused this big riff. I see both sides of the argument, you know, like how do you come on The Bachelor and and not expect this to happen? But on the other hand, it would be super awkward to get engaged to someone when you knew that they slept with somebody like just a couple of days before. So I see both sides of the argument. I'm probably going to get in a heated debate with it about, or I'm probably going to get in a heated debate about it with Tara down the line, but definitely intrigued by the finale bachelor nation it's been a fun season uh thank you to everybody that listens we will be back with more coverage like i said tomorrow is pro day going to talk about that and more obviously going to talk plenty of march madness over the next couple of weeks really looking forward to it the best time of year just would love to see csu get back in that that's that's definitely going to be a bucket list thing for me is that opportunity to cover an ncaa tournament you know i'd love to cover you know, a college football playoff game. I I don't know if that'll ever happen with CSU. At this point, I would settle just for like a relevant bowl game or even a bowl game at all. Like get back to the freaking New Mexico bowl or something. But the NCAA tournament would just be so cool. It's something that I'm dying to experience as a a media member, as a college basketball fan, as a CSU alum. I mean, I just, I want to see it happen. So hopefully it does down the line. We will be back. Word. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV He's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like not from